Mm-hmm. I'll have to get a tip jar uh, in case you want to you know, be Terry and loose. <laughs> well, that's about what I'm getting this morning from uh-huh. my spouse. Uh-huh. Anyway. Well, let's turn to some funny stuff, though. You can send us an email at TSF at Now that's funny. All right, everybody, that is correct. This is the podcast. That sounds. <laughs> And uh, it is the week of December 6, 2022. Uh, we are in season three, show number five, episode 109. We are two blind brothers, but without our blind sister, to tell it the way we see it. I am your host, Keith, and joined with me are Terry. And the substitute. Robin. All right. <laughs> we gave up a Jill for a Robin. We'll have to wing it. Uh, funny. Yeah. Uh, we like to start off with a little bit of what's new. It could be something that happened lately, classic funny family story, something we're reading or watching doing. Does anyone have a question? I guess one thing is Jill's not here. Uh. Yeah. She said she was sick. She she said that her husband came home Friday from work early, wasn't feeling good. Uh, he was sick all day Saturday. Then it hit her Sunday, and she stayed in bed all day Sunday, couldn't sleep yesterday, and... So she's feeling, sleeping it off. Huh? Feeling better this morning, she said, but she'd rather be in bed resting. She would have been here, but since we have a substitute, she would rather be in sleeping. Yeah. Can't uh, fault her for that. Well, I do have a real quick uh, comment here. We on our webpage, uh, we have another question from Megan. She asked. How can a blind person tell canned goods apart? No one would want a hot fruit cocktail instead of greens. Is how she actually worded that, or, or green bean casserole. So she had that question. You want to tackle that now, Terry, or we can think about that. Actually, when I just asked my wife to do it because I like to go in the kitchen. Oh, you mean how did we do it? Or you mean how would you tell cancer for it? So you don't. Oh, oh, oh. So if you're going to make like a meal and you don't have meat and vegetables, you wouldn't want to heat up a can of fruit cocktail if you don't want to have green beans. Well, we, you know, we, if you don't have a spouse and we have your, your, we have devices, your iPhones or barcode scanners, you can usually scan the can or whatever somebody takes your shop and you can get labels made in large print or braille and put a rubber band around it, around the can. That's how they taught us at Heinz. Well, those are some good techniques. And I would say the first rule is stay organized. 
Yeah. I know whenever you're loading up a shopping cart, it's hard to keep things from being jumbled up inside the cart. But a lot of times you can keep like, you know, if you're going to buy like a bunch of stuff, buy like a half a case of uh, canned corn and put it in half of the little cardboard tray, put a half full of you know green beans or something. And you just stay organized while you're loading up your shopping cart. Harder said than done. Uh, because once you get to the front of the cash shears, it's going to jumble all together anyway, a lot of times. Uh, but then once you get at home, it's just uh, from the, the day, the moment you walk in your door, you keep things organized. You, you separate all the corn is here, stack it up, all the beans are here, stack it up. Uh, and it's just a, meticulously staying organized. And uh, the techniques you mentioned about the rubber bands on things, this is a good way to uh, also, like you, you mentioned too, about having your OC, not OCR, your barcode reader. Uh, some good techniques. Well, this is like an anchor topic more than a. It, it does, but it was a question. I, I could have saved it for later, <laughs> but I put it up front here. Uh, the other thing I would say is it doesn't always work because. I don't know. Once upon a time, I had ate me a, a big bowl of butter soup. Well, I got a funny story, too. I, I might have told it already once about that. I, I was making spaghetti. I, I made spaghetti and I boiled the spaghetti. I cooked up my meat. I put my spaghetti sauce in it. I mixed it together because I always, always mix it meat, spaghetti, and sauce and stir it up. I go, oh, I need some more sauce. And so then I got this. Well, I didn't mix it all together yet, but when I put it in with the meat, I go, well, this one can's not enough for all the spaghetti. So I reached into the pantry and felt another big can the size of the spaghetti sauce in the can, the Hunt's big tall can, like a 16-ounce can or something. And I go, oh, we do have another can of spaghetti sauce. So I opened it up and I put it in. I took the lid off and started I dumped it and I go, wow, this stuff's awful thick. And I started shaking it the can into, you know, making sure everything came out of the can. And then I stirred it up and mixed it all together. And then my wife and daughter came to sit at the table. I, I apparently opened a big can of baked beans and put in it. <laughs> and so they said, we're not eating that. And I go, well, what's the difference if I'd have made spaghetti? It had baked beans on the side and it got all mixed up on the plate. We're not eating that. And I'm like, okay, fine. I'll eat it. <laughs> so I had to eat it all. Yeah. So sometimes you, despite the best trials, there are some mistakes, but they, you know, labeling things and organizing things. It's the two biggest ways to go. Labels <laughs> are great because sometimes kids like to shuffle things around in your pantry. And they're not where you expect. There's another <laughs> podcast on that Apple Vis podcast. It was they they were referred to something like that. How we've always heard that if you put a can like by your ear, you know, shake it, you can hear what it might be. You know, like as far as green well, beans making with green beans, I think, or the green beans will squeak. The other right. and they said the other blind people go, I've never heard my cans of food talking to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I've known that about green beans. It's not something that I routinely do. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> but it's a quick couple of quick tips with that. 
But hey, did we say what today was? Hmm? I mean, everybody can tell me, send in your comments, you know, yeah. for today's show with it being <clears throat> somebody's birthday. <laughs> yeah, today's Terry's birthday, in case you didn't get the hint. <laughs> yeah, I could have my Alexa sing happy birthday. Well, if you want to. Okay, let's do this. One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Oh, thank you, Alexa. Yeah, now bend over for your birthday spankings. <laughs> It'll be the last year I get to be 59. And if people want to send a gift card, you can email it to Terry. <laughs> well, you're only 59 once. I mean, it's the last time I'll be in my 50s. Then I'll hit the big six oh like you. <laughs> It'll be your last year in the 50s decade. Yeah. Like, well, um, unless Rob wants to pitch in with some what's new or a funny story. Oh, you're laughing at me. Then we can move on to our random topic. Three would be trivia. Trivia. I need the year one and eight. <laughs> oh. Wow. And even though there was no six on the wheel, we have general trivia on our trivia wheel for number six. And Rob can probably cheat. Maybe Rob should read the questions. I can't see it through the microphone. Okay. Which of these? We already did this, this question. Uh, I'm going to pick another question on my list here. We did that question. We did that question. It sounds to me like there we go. Most of them. <laughs> well, I, I usually leave off on the last question we did. Uh, this one. What is the only marsupial native to North America? For our general trivia awesome. quiz, options awesome. are huh? awesome. what the elm tree. Where did that question again? You said a marsupial. The only marsupial native to North America. Number one, the elm tree. Number two, a duck bill platypus. Number three, sweet corn. Wow. Number four, a kangaroo. Wow, one of those is the option. A duckbill platypus. No, it has to be. It's actually a possum. What is only marsupial native to North America is the question. And whoever wrote this quiz gives the duckbill platypus as the answer. Wait, no, no, no. Yeah, duckbill platypus. But that's it's not. not right. Uh, that's to Australia. That's Australia. The uh, only one in America, is, is in the North possible? America, is a possible. That's what I was thinking, but it's not on the list. So whoever wrote this quiz is stupid. <laughs> no, misinformed. Yeah, misinformed. There we go. Russian disinformation. That's it. Uh, but they got it right anyway. <laughs> yeah, we got it right because the quiz 
Wizard Master here is stupid and missing. I think I just I just cause there's a duck a duck was in there, so there you go. Well, I think the duck will pineapples was the only thing on the whole list that was a marsupial. No. I always thought it was. I always, I always thought it was a dinosaur left over. See, even if if they mistook uh, North America for Australia, they had two marsupials on the list. I'm like, well, that's stupid. And they're both located in Australia. Well, see, I, at first I thought you said Northern Hemisphere because I was thinking because then you know, in the Southern Hemisphere is Australia. You got kangaroos and then. Right. But it, even if the, the question was just bad because none of those are North America. And even if it was Australia, there was two, not one. But next question What does BTU stand for? Number uh, one. Big tummy ulcer. <laughs> two. Big top rusher. Whatever. Two or three British thermal unit, British thermal unit, or four bass technical user. It's British. <laughs> thermal number three, unit. number three, it's number three. British thermal units. All right, yeah, finally, a good question. Ooh, BTUs. Did you know that one, Terry? What copyrighted book has sold the most copies ever? The copyrighted book. The Bible has, but the Bible, the King James Version, is not copyrighted. Harry Potter. The Bible. Two, Guinness Book of World Records. Oh. Three, The Joy of Sex. Those are your options. Probably The Joy of Sex. Are you saying besides the Bible? Because I thought you said the Bible was one of the options. The the question was the copyright, the the most selling copyright. I would say the Bible. Ever. I would say the Bible. It's the most printed, but is it copyrighted? I don't know. Some of them are. The option was the Bible, Guinness Book of World Records, or the joy of sex are your three options. So is it the Bible, records, or sex? I would say the Bible. I know in the Guinness Book of World Records, the Bible is the most number one selling book. So I'd say number one. Well, <laughs> it's actually number two because never by quite well, I read the question, I clarified the copyrighted book. The Bible, the King James Version Bible is not copyrighted. But it doesn't say the King James Version uh, of, for the Bible. It just says Bible, in which case all of the other um, copyrighted the Bible translations are is probably the better. Most, uh, yeah, it's a book ever. Uh, that is true, but the Bible and it depends because the King James version is not copyrighted. However, modern translations are the NIV, the NASB. It, the in the in the Guinness and Book of World Records, it says that then you know the, the Bible is the most printed, but it's also the most stolen book in the. As yeah. well, people steal it. Um, all the, time. The, the quiz master of this general trivia quiz says Guinness Book of World Records. Okay. Uh, does GUI stand for graphical user interface? Yes, true. Yes. <laughs> yes. True. Okay, yep, that is true. Um, it's a GUI. The GUI system, yeah. Um, what city was the phrase rock and roll coined? 
was it Liverpool, New York, number two, three, Philadelphia, four, Atlanta, five, Pittsburgh, six, Cleveland, seven, Detroit, holy cow, eight, Seattle. Number seven. Woo. Holy cow. A lot of choices there. Rock and roll was was it first coined in which of those cities? Liverpool. Number seven, Detroit. Detroit City. Um, Liverpool, I'm going to say probably not. I mean, Beatles came from there, but rock and roll was already coined before then. Two, New York. Well, New York was a hotbed of rock and roll in the early days. Uh, as was Philadelphia, uh, Atlanta. I don't. I, I guess it'll be a music city. Uh, Pittsburgh, maybe. Cleveland, ding 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 ding. Cleveland. That's what, that's what the answer says. Not mm-hmm. Detroit. Not Seattle. Not Los Angeles. Answer I just wanted because Kiss had a song Detroit Rock City, so. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, some of those would be some good answers. Some of that was like, toss up. But according to this quiz master, and we know how right they've been so far. (laughs) (laughs) Cleveland. Yep. In 1951, by Cleveland radio DJ named Alan Freed. Yep, Alan Freed uh, coined it. I knew that, but I didn't know it was that early. And I didn't know he was DJ there at that time. He's best known for being a DJ in New York. But let me see where was I at here. Well, what year did man first walk on the moon? 1972. Number two, 1969. Three, 1966. Number four, 1963. Which one of those years did man first walk on the moon? On the moon? On the moon. To the moon, Alice, to the moon. 1969. Yep, yep. that would be correct. So we had to come up in some of our recent uh, news items. Well... We'll do this one, and uh, we'll call it quits on the trivia. Which primetime animated series has the longest run? Is it one, The Simpsons, (laughs) two, The Flintstones, three, The Jetsons, four, Pinky and the Brain? It's The Simpsons. The Simpsons. What? uh, I missed the question. Uh, The question was, which primetime... Animated series has the longest run. One, The Simpsons, which is started in 1989, is still going. Still on. (laughs) Uh, Two, The Flintstones, that's older than I am, but it's been in syndication, but it hasn't. I don't think it was on prime time either, but I could be wrong about that. The Jetsons came out, I think, the year after Flintstones. It also had a kind of a short yeah. run. This is Simpsons, but yeah. Pinky in the Brain. Yeah, no, it's got a long ways to go before that one gets to be longest. So we will call it quits on our trivia quiz. I wasn't keeping a score because we never keep score. 
It's just fun to uh, discuss the questions. Our preparations for invasion are nearly completed now. As soon as we give this signal, our armed forces will launch a surprise attack. And then the Earth will be ours. Oh, uh, this fellow's looking for you. I think he says it's pretty important. Because we're going to go on to our news now. You want Robin to go first? Go ahead. Right. You got some news? Um, we have one here where uh, on Sunday there was a plane that crashed into a transmission tower and they were stranded in it until they could be rescued. Uh, the crash took place at 5.30 and E.T. sent the plane into a tower near Rothbury uh, Drive and Goshen Road. And the passengers were stranded for hours while suspended almost two, uh, 100 feet in the air. Oh, wow. They had to rescue them. They crashed into a power line. Yeah, it was 40 miles southwest of Baltimore and 15 miles outside of Washington, D.C. And they caused... Oh. Massive outages. I would imagine. And we'll talk about flat through a thunderstorm. <laughs> and they survived. Right. I think that on this was said it was Sunday, but it said that they're still trying to get the plane out of the wires. Wow. But that was, you know, I'm sure they've got it done done now. After they killed the power, maybe the pilot and, and the passenger like yeah. sw swing down like Tarzan on the power line to get out. Actually, it happened November 28th. Oh, November 28th. So yeah. this last week. Christmas in jail. Christmas in jail. Had a little too much to drink. Okay. I have a a deer was rescued in in Oregon. There was a a, a mule deer, a male deer with his antlers. He was tangled up in somebody's Christmas lights. Yeah, family and, vacation, right? <laughs> and so they uh, they called the story. <laughs> oh, I did. Okay. No, I, I no, just happened to tell him about it. Too. I said, and, and they they tagged, or they they uh, shot, injected it. You know, shot it, tranquilized it. There's a word, tranquilize it to put it down to untangle it from the Christmas lights, and then um, they tagged it with yellow tags in each ear, and they set it free. With a new pair of earrings. Yeah, so, earrings for Christmas. Yeah, for Christmas. Come some ornaments on it. <laughs> I, I, you know, being a male deer, I guess that's the look the guys are going for. Well, I saw the photo of it, and it looked like a little wreath stuck in his head, <laughs> on his head. When it had the lights on him? Yeah. <laughs> it was just, like, totally wrapped around his horn. But... But then it said in Oregon, but then it says here later down a little bit, it says in Dallas. 
Kentucky officials warn of slick, smelly chicken after an awful spill. And I guess there's a play on the word awful because awful is like guts, your, your inner parts. But in Paducah, Kentucky, officials warned motorists to avoid a portion of Highway 62 where chicken awful was spread all along the roadway. Uh, the Culvert City Fire Department uh, was on the scene to wash away uh, the noxious material off the roadway. The Kentucky Transportation posted this on their Facebook uh, that uh, the KYC okay, uh, Kentucky uh, the DOT, I guess, will apply salt on the road to help with the slipperiness of all the chicken guts that are on the road. <laughs> <laughs> to enhance traction and cut through the slippery goose. <laughs> I'm trying to see. It doesn't say how it got spilled. Or, uh, just a lot of stuff about how to avoid the chicken smell. Um, and yeah, it doesn't say, I guess, a, a truck crashed, but it doesn't say how it happened, just that it happened and steer clear. Chicken man. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. Chicken guts. <laughs> I was in the wrong lane, feeling no pain. Suit my car to 75. Ran right into you can guess who. And I say I'm looking to be alive. Back on Terry. Wait, Robin. Robin. There we go. So, <clears throat> do you like spam? I like spam. <laughs> spam, spam, right? Well, I like spam. Spam has come out with something for Christmas. It is called spam figgy pudding. <laughs> Bring us some spam figgy pudding. Says that the mad scientists at Lunch and Meat Pack Packer. Jer Hormel have one idea spam figgy pudding. What hmm. you might be asking, and why the first question is easier than the second. Let's start with what's in the classic spam, hmm. which is pork, sugar, water, salt, potato starch, and sodium nitrate. The new seasonal spam adds fig and orange flavors, cinnamon, cloves, nutmeg, ginger, and allspice. And hmm. as ever, it is shelf stable. In case of the no. apocalypse. It's supposed to be specialized processed alien meat. Yeah. <laughs> well, it says, uh, lest you say this is a perversion of figgy pudding, let's look a little more closely at the British holiday tradition. Figgy, figgy pudding is a dense steamed cake, not an American-style pudding, full of raisins, currants, and brandy, and the modern version doesn't actually include figs. Um. Does it sound good to you? It sounds interesting. <laughs> In that case, you may want to move quickly because it was launched last week and it is already sold out at spam.com and Amazon. Wow. So if you, um, you may have to resort to Wal your best bet now is walmart.com. Christmassy food. Oh, bring us some spammy pudding. And oh, bring us some spammy pudding. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> the makers of Spam Brand wanted to create a limited edition seasonal variety that captures the magic, warm flavors, and nostalgia we all crave. Well, you know when you make a Christmas ham, you usually put cloves and certain spices on it. And pineapple. <laughs> so I, I guess that would make it taste okay. You have that classic Christmassy season flavor. Uh-huh. One um, Amazon... <clears throat> review and it's the only one on amazon says definitely different but real tasty the washington post reviewer begs to differ describing an intense faux orange flavor that brought to mind those horrifically dyed and colored candied fruits that somehow make their way into objectionable holiday sweets well this because that guy doesn't like to have fruit cake because clearly that's what he's talking about So it's that fruit cakey kind of fruity orange stuff. Uh, I'm I'm tempted now. I, I want some. <laughs> so, anyways, a new holiday treat just for you. Yeah. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. They're singing down the street while everybody's having Christmas turkey. They give me bread and water to eat. In Dixon, Tennessee, a cute little squirrel um, was injured when it made a major power outage where one-third of the town was knocked out of electricity. So an airplane does it and the squirrel gets jealous. Did not survive. (laughs) Unlike the airplane passengers. (laughs) The squirrel should have been flying in an airplane. They got it to the substation, and it was fried. Fried squirrel. <laughs> Good for it. It deserves to be fried. And so that's a short little story. Christmas in jail. Christmas in jail. Wore my shoes out pacing the floor. Got rocks in my head. I wish I was dead. You're gonna drink and drive no more. Hey. California police officer is arrested after firing shots into the air. And I thought, well, you know, in California, they have a lot of defund the police stuff. You would think that they would appreciate a cop, you know, taking a stand and firing shots and, you know, into the air. What's the matter with that? However, in San Bernardino, California, a Southern California police officer who was arrested uh, fired his gun into the air several times in a tavern's parking lot while he was off duty and drinking with his friends. Oh, off duty cop, drunk with his friends, fired his. <laughs> but you do know that it is illegal in some states to fire into the air. Yeah, well, the pot goes up, must come down. Somewhere. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But the police officer. <laughs> Fido Ocampo Rodolfi, I think that's how you spell his name, was off duty, uh, fired his service weapon several times about 2 a.m. on a Sunday, then fled the tavern in uh, Blue Jay, whatever that means. Uh, but Ocampo Redardi turned himself in. Uh, a few hours later, uh, was 
arrested on suspicion of negligent discharge of a firearm. It's put on administrative leave. Sounds like he was one of those that really did deserve to be arrested. Yes. I saw a movie once. When I could still see, I saw a movie once. I don't know if it was that movie called The Mexican, but it was down in like Mexico and they were, you know, uh, it was some big thing going on and they were shooting guns up in the air and they were showing these people like at an outdoor cafe, you know, just sitting there having a meal and all of a sudden uh, a bullet, they just like, you know, traced this one bullet, whatever, from somebody's gun. And it came down and hit him, hit him in the head and killed him. Just yeah, a bullet out of nowhere. They do, they yeah. got to come down somewhere. So yeah. people think shooting in the air is safe, but not necessarily. Uh, but the whole incident was uh, captured on video, <laughs> on surveillance cameras. Uh, and authorities found multiple firearms at this police officer's home during their search warrant. Is some cops are not bright. You know, I think speaking of the cops who are not very bright, remember whenever they were building the bypass of 255 there around the area? <laughs> yes, it was done as it passed by South Roxana. And a South Roxana cop decided he was going to drive over the overpass and he didn't make it. <laughs> wow. Turns out he's he chief of police service commentary. <laughs> Um, I don't think he's complete. I don't know. I don't remember who did it, but I, I can't remember his name, but I remember thinking he should be fired. <laughs> if he wasn't made chief, you know, about a decade or so later, he, he definitely was one of, their, one of their main cops. Well, maybe he learned his lesson. I would hope so. Not to drive over any more incomplete bridges. There's a drop off. <laughs> Road ends. Abruptly. Merry Christmas. They're singing down the street While everybody's having Christmas turkey They give me bread and water to eat On November 15th of this year, um, there was an auction. And at the auction, Steve Jobs worn out Birkenstocks that he wore in the 1970s and 80s were sold for $218,000. Is worn out sandals. Yes, it's the most that it is this. It's a record price for a pair of sandals. Wow. All the sweaty Steve Jobs sweat still stuck in them. <laughs> Christmas in jail. Christmas in jail. Wore my shoes out pacing the floor. Got rocks in my head. I wish I was dead. Don't drink and drive no more. A bear attacks an inflatable Rudolph. And, uh, <laughs> um, it was bubble. There was camera footage of a bear, home security camera, a confused bear that tried to make a meal out of the inflatable Rudolph. Well, you need a theater. In the South Lake Tahoe area, he he woke to find the inflatable Rudolph had been shredded by a bear. He was laying on the ground, unresponsive, 
no amount of CPR and duct tape could revive him. Oh. And he checked out the footage and saw it was a bear that tried to make a meal out of his inflatable rain. The bear died, you're saying? Huh? You said the bear was unresponsive? And- no, no, no. The, the reindeer, the inflatable oh. reindeer was unresponsive. Yeah. And, and so... The bear, he, bear was just napping after that uh, juicy meal of... No but deer. as he checked his footage, his neighbors also checked theirs, and the bear had been seen previously uh, staking out, stalking, staking out. What's the word? Um, you know, it's Checking it out, scoping it out, you know, the situation, eyeballing that deer, I'm going to get you. I don't know if he had any Christmas lights on his antlers. (laughs) Christmas lights and yellow tags. I'm going to get that. Ain't gonna drink and drive no more. Ain't gonna drink and drive no more. Merry Christmas! And in, in Florida, in an unrelated story, and in, in a related story, yeah, a man in Florida woke up, uh, and his neighbors had called him to let him know that he had a bear sleeping on his front porch. Yeah, and so he cr- cracked the door open and looked out. And, yep, there was a bear just snoozing away. So he just shut the deer. He was tired. Yeah, yeah. The door went from California to Florida and passed out. <laughs> I don't know, but anyway, there's so two stories. Watch dog, you got to watch bear. Two stories in one. the bear? <laughs> and so, whew, I've got more, but. But the last time I played Father Christmas, I stood outside a department store. A gang of kids came over and bugged me, and that my reindeer. A T-Rex skull unearthed in South Dakota is to be auctioned off in New York. Uh, This, of course, is from New York. A Tyrannosaurus Rex skull unearthed in South Dakota is expected to sell for $15 million or more. Uh, at an auction in New York uh, next month, which would be the, the December this month, the 200-pound skull nicknamed Maximus, oh, is being sold December 9th, so that's like this week, uh, by an owner who wishes to remain anonymous. <laughs> uh, it was excavated in 20... 20, 2020 and 2021, uh, where other T-Rex skeletons are found, uh, according to uh, the Sotheby's head of science and culture. Uh, she called it the world's capital of T-Rex. Um, most of the rest of the T-Rex uh, has been destroyed over time by erosion. Uh, but experts say that the skull was a major find. Uh, so when you think about it, more people can fit a single skull in their home than they can fit a full dinosaur. Duh. <laughs> but 
If you want a T-Rex skull, at the time of this recording, it's not too late. You can own your very own T-Rex. Yeah, but it's probably going to cost a whole lot of money. About a million dollars. So. Yeah. You've got a million? Um, they have Christmas out in Mexico. A lot of places that you wanted to go. I mean, we can move on. Well, there you are, boys. I've been looking all over for you. Oh, thank you very much. We can move on. All right, let's move on. We don't have oh. joking words. I don't know what we're going to do. Then the thing we're going to move on to is some little weird words. That's what we're going to do, you know? We end up here. I got uh, some. But since Jill's not here, we have Robin's weird Robin's red words. <laughs> um. So I came across a new word that's become uh, the Oxford Dictionary's new word of the year. It's called goblin mode. Do you know what goblin mode means? Mode, goblin mode. Mode, M-O-D-E. Goblin mode. That's when you eat a lot of turkey. You go into goblin mode. Oh, feeling crazy. I can go for that. Or like the Pac-Man guy, just eating all them dots. Yeah. I think we're probably wrong. (laughs) It's a slang term. It is defined as a type of behavior which is unapologetically self-indulgent, lazy, slovenly, or greedy, as typically in a way that rejects social norms or expectations. Oh, like political speeches. Uh, like <laughs> binge-watching television without worrying about the time or eating snacks in bed without worrying about leftover crumbs and wearing the same pair of pajamas the whole week while working from home. So kind of being that kind of self-indulgent. Yeah. Right. So it is kind of a feeding frenzy, eating all that food in bed. Yep. Okay. But it's more than that. And that word was actually picked by um, a vote of the people. So the other one that I had, had mentioned earlier was... Uh, Quiet quit quiet quitting. quitting. Yeah. Quiet quitting. Do you know what quiet quitting is? I know what it is, but that's starting. Uh, what was it again? Quiet quitting. Quiet quitting. That's when your quitty won't be quiet. It's quitting. Can like... we do a quitty cat? No. Quitting, quitting quiet. You're, you're gonna be loud again. <laughs> You're it's unmuted. quiet quitting, though. It's like when a kid is not quiet, he's going to quit being quiet and make a lot of noise. Unmuted child. I don't know. <laughs> What's the mute button on this kid? I asked those planet for a happy suit, and maybe he can leave me a gun to shoot. I want to boogie, boogie, boogie. I have to boogie, boogie, boogie. 
I know what I mean. <laughs> Whenever you go to work and you have a job, uh, but you do as little as possible or the minimum amount required, you're you're effectively there. Yeah. If you quietly quit doing all the extra tasks you're assigned to do, it's kind of a way of taking pressure off of yourself. Like if the if your job requires that you do a particular report and your boss says, I need to have these other things done, you can say, I'll get to when my report's done. And then you just conveniently on top of it. You don't do the extra requirements. So the other ones I have are wonderful words that you are not using yet. Biblioclet. Biblio, what was the last part? Klept. Klept, K-L-E-P-T. Yes, biblioclept. You steal books. Exactly. That's exactly what it you is. Check out a book from the library and never goes back. <laughs> or like people would come to me, hey, can I borrow your book? Uh, have my name written and everything. Yeah, you can borrow my book, and I would never see my book again. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty lights on the Christmas tree. Snowflakes falling is a sight to see. I want a boogie, boogie, boogie. I like the boogie, boogie, boogie. I want a boogie, boogie, boogie. Boogie the Christmas day. Agnestus. Acnestus. Mm-hmm. When you have acne in your nest. That's what I was gonna say. You have pimples all over your nest. Neck acne. Neck acne. <laughs> it's a bird with a pimply. Uh, uh, it's um um Wiley Coyote got it once. Uh, acne. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, a nest nest built by Wiley Coyote from acne. I'm not sure. It's actually a bike and a train and a baseball glove. Press like them make bubbly love. The part of your back or backbone between the shoulder blades and the loins, which an animal cannot reach to scratch, wow. or that you cannot reach to scratch. Like when you oh, put, I've got a back scratcher right here. You put that flea medicine on your dog, you put it on uh, the because you can't reach there to scratch it off. Oh, yeah. That's the spot. I got a back scratcher right now. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got the boogie, woogie, woogie. I got a boogie, woogie, woogie. Woogie that Christmas day. Do you know what a mail drop is? M-E-L-D-R-O-P. Mail drop. Mail it's that singer Mel Torme, and you you drop him off of a ladder. <laughs> um, that's yeah. when you drop your mail on the floor, and you didn't know how to spell it right. 
It's the sloth of male that through the male. <laughs> Mel. <laughs> it's actually. Or, or you can't breathe and it's really got an S on the front. Smell. It's the <laughs> smell. <laughs> find that in the bathroom. <laughs> well, you were actually kind of close there about the nose. It's an actually a drop of music mucus at the nose, whether it's produced by a cold or otherwise, you know, those little drops that you oh, get. You get a rain nose, it's a drop yeah. that kind of hangs. That there. just hangs there. Yeah. Mm. Do you know what Octothorpe is? That's O-C-T-O-T-H-O-R-P-E. It's a medical device, but I don't know. It's an athletic octopus. Octo means eight, and Thorpe is like Jim Thorpe, the greatest athlete. (laughs) I've heard everybody can't put my finger on it. (laughs) Well, because there's eight of them. You taste eight fingers. (laughs) Uh, no, it seemed like Jill might have had this word once, but I can't remember what it was. I got the boogie, woogie, woogie. I got a boogie, woogie, woogie. Woogie till Christmas Day. It's actually the hashtag symbol. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, Jill did have the pound key. Nauseant. Oh. Not a creature was staring, not even a mouse. Now take it easy. Nauseant means you're sick. Like our grandkids who live here don't want to go to school. <laughs> They're nauseant. Well, pretty much an agent that induces nausea. Yeah. I ask old Santa for a happy suit, and maybe he can leave me a gun to shoot. I want to boogie, boogie, boogie. Yeah, they make me sick. <laughs> Not really. They have something that makes them sick. I think it's called school. Audient and addend. That sounds German. Audient and or augend. Okay. And add in. There's two words there. Okay. Add in. It means like I don't know, something in the evening. It's evening. But it's A U G E N D, augend. And the second word is add in, A D D E N D. Add in. Add in. You have an added end on your augend. <laughs> Uh, I'll two butts. Uh, it's the extra turkey butt that Joel was talking about having a turkey butt feast. Uh, <laughs> that's what her grandson wanted it was a turkey butt feast. A turkey butt feast? It's <laughs> funny. Children. Soccer position. I don't know. <laughs> wonderful.
It's actually the first and second quantity in an addition of two things. So like three plus four, three is the augend and four is the add-in. Uh, okay, it's a mathematical. Math, oh no. Uh, so what is an obelisk? An obelisk? No. O-B-E-L-U-S, obelisk. It means you have a lisp, but you can't pronounce obelisk. <laughs> it's an obelisk. Obelisk. No. L-U-S. L-U. Obelisk. O-B-E-L-U-S. It's a short thesaurus. Obelisk. Obelisk. Yeah, wow. Dictionary. Has yeah. to do with a, a, a gynecologist, an OB gynecologist. <laughs> <laughs> it's a X or a division sign. And in addition to serving as a sign indicating division, the obelisk is also used to mark a questionable pa passage of text. Oh, really? I've uh -huh. never seen that, where they put a division sign up. I've never seen it used that way. Uh, and it, I, in fact, I always call it a division sign. I've never called it anything else. Well, I'm giving you new vocabulary. Is it like the check mark with the line for long division? Or oh, yeah, like the line the dot. No, it's just the, yeah, like it's the line with the, the dot. Because the, the dots represent the numbers, you know. It's the obelisk. The dots can be anything. Instead of putting X and Y, they could put the dots. Maybe it's obelis. It's a fraction, you know, that, well. <laughs> the division sign itself, I'm just trying to, you know, explaining it. The dot on the top and the dot on the bottom can be any random number, one over something. That's a way to, you know, to, to write a fraction and the and the division is the symbol. That's what that means. Yeah. And so that's why it looks that way. Yeah. Anyway. So, do you know what a rest pin in is? A W R E S T P I N. Rest pin. A rest pin. I put mine in a coffee cup where I rest my pins. I have a watch on my rest. <laughs> <laughs> I rest my pins in a coffee mug or in the desk drawer. Well, oh, I rest something means today. you take something away, doesn't it? So you're taking away your pin. You stole my pin. You pin thief. You've arrested my pin. Actually, yeah. it's a pin and a string musical instrument as a harp or piano or any other thing around which the ends of the strings are coiled and by which the instrument is tuned. Oh, like a tuning thing on the guitar. Yeah, like a key. That's a rest pin. Why did you know that, Terry? You could have no, no. But it's but it's specifically like with the harps and the pianos where there's multiple, like tons of multiple ones. Right. Hmm. And 
It's either agilist or agilist. Agilist, I think, is what it is. A G E L A S T. Age last. Or agilist. Agilast. Age last. That means you're the oldest person around. You have the last age before you die. Oh. <laughs> agilast. Your ag is last a long time. Isn't is an ag a marble? <laughs> <laughs> you have the la- longest lasting marbles. You haven't lost your marbles yet. You're not crazy. A bike and a train and a baseball glove. like them make bubbly love. It says here that the humorless agalus comes from the Greek word agalastos. It means a person who never laughs. And not as one might suppose from the fact that spending any time around such a person feels like it lasts an, an age. <laughs> They're unfunny. They suck the life out of a room. There's no room there. They're so agonist. An amateur feels like a day. <laughs> How about an amateurist? A-M-A-T-O-R-C-U-L-I-S-T. Amateur cultist. Cultist, I mean. Amateur cultist. Mm-hmm. You're not a professional cultist, you're an amateur cultist. Whatever a cultist might be. They're cultist. If you're going to cull the herd, you're taking some of the sheep out. So you're an amateur at the... Uh, you, you're never going to do a roundup if you're a cowboy. You, you're really bad at the cooling the cows out to be branded. Yeah. How about this? A little insignificant lover, a pretender to affection. So you pretend to be. If not in love with somebody, you pretend to be fond of somebody. Even While though. you're kissing somebody else along on, on the <sighs> other side. Oh. You're a pretender. I don't really like you, but I pretend to like you. What about pot valor? Christmas comes but once a year, and Santa Claus will soon be here. I want to boogie, boogie, boogie. P-O-T uh, hyphen V-A-L-O-R. Pot Valor. It's, it's a brave, uh, it's whenever Cheech and Chong actually brave. <laughs> actually. They, they smoke marijuana brave. Good. Almost. The brave marijuana smoker standing outside a door. <laughs> um, well, if you think. It, it is kind of that if you think about that it, they could get gain courage from smoking the pot, uh, but actually it comes from. That definition is a boldness or courage resulting from alcoholic drink. Uh, 
uh, say when people have you know, your your courage comes from the model or something like that. So it's you you have courage because so their courage comes from a complicated on something. There's another one. Not a creature was there and not even a mouse. Now take it easy, Santa, but don't skip my house. I want the wood, wood, wood. Peristeronic. P-E-R-I-S-T-E-R-O-N-I-C. Peristeronic. Peristeronic. You have an annoying parrot. Mmm, <laughs> Interesting. No, I mean, no, giving somebody the bird, but it has a bird involved. It's giving them the bird <laughs> of or relating to pigeons. I got the boogie woogie woogie. I got the boogie woogie woogie. Look at the Christmas day. <laughs> Anyways, those are some obscure words that you might be. There was another one, but it was beyond my. It was her, her kitty. Her H-I-R-Q-U-I-T-I-C-K-E. Her ticket. Her quit. Her quit Maybe it has to do with Hercules. It actually comes from a 1623 dictionary. One past 14 years of age, beginning to be moved with Venus delight. So, an amorous teenager who's older than 14. Wow. A horny teenager. Yeah. Yep, that's pretty much what it is. But anyway. time for some time. I, I gotta I, I, I need to take a break. We'll be right back after these messages. So this is what they look like. You are about to listen to an episode of the Retro Radio Podcast. Home of the Retrobots. That's us. I'm David. I'm Kelly. The Retro Radio Podcast brings you family-friendly entertainment in the form of classic old radio shows. Visit Retro-OTR.com We would love to hear from you. You ought to do it right or not at all. Here comes Happy Now! And we're back! Did Terry make it? <laughs> I feel good. I feel good on the whole. Oh, well, that's for embarrassing. Top ten. Top ten. All right, I've got this top ten. This is funnier than the last one I did. Um, but this is a top ten reasons how. Prison is better than your life. 
Uh, there's a disclaimer. We're not encouraging anyone to get thrown into jail or prison, but being in prison, it's not pleasant. Um, we're just saying it may be better than your life. Um, number 10. Prisoners spend more time outside than children do. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Those children tend to attach their nose to a screen. <laughs> I was telling someone this morning that the kid who wanted a bunch of toys for Christmas, and well, they're never going to play with. Like, just send them outside with a stick. <laughs> play with send, them, send them out to the yard. <laughs> Here's a rocking stick to play with. Don't you remember when the, the best toy of everything was the box that the present came in? Yeah. Well, they actually had a box for the present instead of some bubble wrap cardboard thing around it. Number nine. Prisons serve better foods than some schools. <laughs> oh, than some schools, I'm sure. <coughs> Whether... Whether you're eating the food in the school or prisons, the calorie count is the same. <laughs> yeah, that would make sense. I don't know, but I've heard from firsthand experience where they got bologna sandwiches for lunch in some of the juvenile places. Yeah. Number so school cafeteria for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> Number eight. Prisons treat the elderly better than some nursing homes do. That is true. I can believe that. If you want the best for your grandparents, you could send her to a nursing home where she can be abused. So, you could so frame her to rob a bank. <laughs> or you could frame her for a bank robbery <laughs> and let her go to prison. Here, Grandma, there's a gun. Go kill somebody. And get her the care she richly deserves. Number seven. Prisoners get better health care. That's true. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> I mean, so, sometimes it's a little, a little slow in coming, but hey, if you're sick, you don't have to pay for it. They just take it to the doctor. Uh, number six. Uh, prison libraries are better stocked than public libraries. Oh. I'm sure. Could be, because people do get a college degree while they're in prison sometimes. Mm. I wonder if they have drag queen prison guard hour there. Public libraries are losing funding and everything, and so go to prison and read a book. <laughs> Reading is power. It's what it needs to be, or knowledge or something. Knowledge is power. Another kind of goes along with number five. 
prisoners get better care for mental health? Yeah, I would say for some people, uh, of course, a field that may fall through the cracks on that. But that kind of goes along with number seven, though health care, mental care, gas, but so. Um, number no, number four. Um, the state will pay for your schooling, yeah, but only if you commit a crime. Get a GED, get a college degree. You can't, you can't pardon me, uh, Governor. I, I haven't finished my my doctorate. I got to stay one more semester. <laughs> and um, number three. Prison is a better environmental, educational than your dorm. After going to school all day, you go back to your room and actually study. <laughs> no, what's that? It's, it's a better environment than a, a dorm room. Yeah. It's yeah. If you go, let me uh, let me see what it says. It says after going to school all day and learning. You don't get to go back to your dorm room and party. You go back to your jail cell and uh, study. It's just more better for your educational value. In that way. Right. But better than your dorm room. As far comforts go, I would say possibly not. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> Number two. Um, yeah, if you want to prisoners are treated better than homeless people. That's true. Because well, you're, I guess you're not exactly a homeless person. Well, you, you have a home. You have a steel home. <laughs> Iron home. Uh. Don't y'all remember the Andy Griffith show? Oh, with uh, the drunk guy would yeah. check himself into the jail. He would just come and check himself into the jail. Oh, just. <laughs> yeah. Number one. Says uh, prisons get better funding than schools. Possibly. I mean, it takes a lot of money to pay all them guards and stuff to watch over you. It's not as it's not as, as drab as the last one about the torturing people. But see, I did that one of torturing prisoners and stuff because that was I figured how the we were needed. <laughs> so. But you know what? They forgot one thing. Uh, you don't ever have to worry about being in fashion. Everybody's got the same fashion. Everybody wears the same suit. Yeah. So that's my top ten. And then they provide the clothing. Yeah. Like the military, you know, that we're always going to wear. It's going to be green.
He's been doing everything in his power to impress them with his ability. And it goes on and on. I wonder what kind of a wild scheme he has now. He comes up with the strangest request. Oh, he does not. Well, that takes us to our next segment. And that will be our anchor topic. And today we are featuring orientation and mobility. Which and we could have used our question from Megan to put here and just kind of jumped over this one. But um, orientation and mobility is orientation is knowing what direction you're facing, and mobility is being able to walk around and get somewhere. Um, just recently, I heard about an app where it's called Menus for All. And uh, up front, I'll say that it's a free app for 14 days, and then you have to subscribe to it. Uh, it's like three bucks a month or 30 bucks a year. Um, but what it does, menus for all, is it, it is accessible so that blind people can actually read the screen and get the info. But it, it's a database of restaurant menus. And that's, you know, that's all it does is restaurant menus. So if you know of a nice little eatery in town and, you know, you can kind of check out their menu before you go there. So you, you kind of have an idea what you want to order. But it also acts something like a GPS where uh, you can actually save your restaurant as a favorite. And then once while you're walking there, you can be getting uh, directions to your favorite location. Now, I think you have to go to the restaurant first before you can you know, bookmark it and favorite it. Uh, I'm not real clear on that. Um, but it's, it's supposed to be really extensive. You know, and it's pretty all-inclusive of menu items. I, I'm not sure if you can actually order from it. Uh, I think you might be able to. I haven't really had a chance to open it and play with it, but I just heard about it. So it's a way where um, you, know, you can pre-plan where you want to go. And, I mean, I thought you were going to say it was like they used to have an app that you know to where it was. Uh, I thought it was going to be like a menu to where uh, it have a list of all the handicap accessible apps. <laughs> oh, the app store. Yeah, so that's would be different. That's what I thought at first, but. Uh, yeah, but you know, apps are pretty cool because, you know, they can specialize uh, what they do. In this case, all it does is restaurant menus. You get apps, all they do is, you know, a joke of the day or a baby name or uh, some other. Uh, so you know, apps are kind of handy that way. And like I said, it is a free 14-day trial, but after 14 days, you have to subscribe at you know, $2.99, a month, or it's I think it's twenty nine ninety nine for a year. But anyway, I just wanted to mention that I don't have a lot to talk about. We uh, don't have an awful lot more to say on the topic. Other than once again, if our listeners <laughs> hear something in particular about uh, you know, walking around, how a blind person orients themselves. Charging. For any other topic, uh, write us a note. Use our email address, TSF, that sounds funny. Or you could uh, 
Just send us, oh. go to our webpage, hit the contact link and send us an email that way. Call us, yeah. Yeah, you can call us, uh, 401-753-4844, which if you like to spell things out is 4017-KEITH, and that will be my voicemail. I was afraid of that. Born you, didn't I? You know what'll happen if you start lying. So what I'm looking for now is we have an email. What's in the mail for today? Oh, just the usual bunch of crackpot letters. What's it say? What? Well, isn't that nice? Call from Ernesto is the name of this. And I think this one came out better than our email we read last week. Uh, call from Ernesto the Caretaker. Hello, Mr. Lucky. This is Ernesto the Caretaker at your country house. Oh, yes, Ernesto. What can I do for you? It's not Terry because you don't have a country house, I don't think. But, <laughs> um, uh, is there a problem, Ernesto? Maybe it's our other brother who does have a couple of houses. I'm just calling to advise you, senor, that your dog died. My dog? Dead? The one that won the international competition? See, si, senor, that's the one. Well, shoot. That's too... I spent a fortune on that dog. Why did he die from? From eating rotten meat, senor. Rotten meat? Who in the world fed him rotten meat? Nobody, senor. He ate the meat of the dead horse. A dead horse? What dead horse? The thoroughbred, Mr. Lucky. He dies from pulling that large water wagon. Are you insane? What water wagon? The one we used to put out the fire, senor. Good Lord, what fire are you talking about? <laughs> the one at your house, senor. A candle fell and caught the curtains on fire. But there's electricity at the house, Ernesto. What were the candles for? For the funeral, senor. What bloody funeral, Ernesto? Your wife's funeral, senor. She showed up one night out of the blue, and I thought she was a thief. So I hit her with her your new Tiger Woods Nike club. Silence on the phone line. Ernesto, if you broke that club, you're in deep trouble. <laughs> Didn't care about the dog or the horse or the fire. Mess with that golf club. <laughs> Probably burnt up in the fire. You would think. Um, he didn't care about his wife. Uh, yeah, didn't even care about his yes, wife. golf club. I'm going to call up Uncle Henry Lunsford first and tell him to get up a posse or something. Posse? What for? Right, I'll run them snakes in the weeds out of town. It's too good to be true. So it's time now of our show where we do our final thought. Do have any final thoughts this week or Oh, I do. Are you talking about your jokes? 
Oh, your final thoughts. Final thoughts. Um, final thoughts. I, I, I don't have you, final thoughts because you, that means I'd be dead. Yeah, well, <laughs> even, even though I'm blind, it takes a lot of balls to golf the way I do. See, I told you there was jokes. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've well, got one of those. Oh, you mean like, why did the chicken run down the side of the Arizona highway? Hmm. Sure. The body was a road runner. (laughs) (laughs) Like all parents, we just do the best we can and hold our breath and hope We've set aside enough money to pay for our kids' therapy. (laughs) Sad is that that is Uh, literally a true fact. Okay. Most people are shocked when they find out how bad I am as an electrician. Shocked. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they might be shocked. All right. I'm just pondering, why would someone believe you when you say there are four billion stars in the sky? But when you say the paint is wet, they have to check it. (laughs) That's a good one. Light travels faster than sound. That's why most people seem bright until you hear them speak. (laughs) I'm not trying to brag, but feel free to congratulate me. I just finished a 14-day in 3 hours and 24 minutes. That was like 14 days worth of food in 3 hours. (laughs) Two weeks of food. If you build a man a fire, he'll be warm for a day. If you set a man on fire, he'll be warm the rest of his life. Which <laughs> <laughs> so may not be very long, but yes. <laughs> um, that reminds me of uh, one I put on Facebook the other day. Uh, if you uh, give a man a gun, he can rob a bank, but if you give a man a bank, he can rob the world. Didn't you say that one got? Uh, that one I put on Facebook, and I think it got banned because nobody commented on it because it had to do with guns, you know. Uh, a dung beetle walks into a bar, says, "Is this stool taken?" Kids are challenging. Wine is necessary. Just saying. Unless you got a child who is a wine. A winer. Then wine is even more necessary. (laughs) Exactly. Well, 
to be frank with you, I'd have to change my name. Yeah. Uh. Waking your kids up the first day after a break is almost as much fun as birthing them was. No. <laughs> Waking up on the first day after a long break? No. No. I, I didn't write this. I just grabbed it off there. <laughs> what if there were no hypothetical questions? Hmm, what if? <laughs> well, then people would be speaking the truth. <laughs> well, I, I guess I can do one more. I, I bumped into an old friend the other day. He's blind, too. <laughs> Here's my last one. Four, four fonts walk into a bar. The bartender says, we don't serve your type here. Fine. <laughs> I'm a new Roman, Ariel, and... Well, then we Sounds are all out of our lame final thoughts. Well, it's pretty obvious what else we can do. Nothing. Base, we'd like to sign off and say thanks for listening. This is Lewis Keith. Uh, stop by our webpage, thatsoundsfunny.com. Leave us a comment on any of our show notes. Send us an email with a contact link. Listen to the shows right there on the page. Um, but um, stop by your favorite directory. Leave us a rating and review. And with all of that said, I can't think of anything. So we will be out of here. I heard Judge Judy say something once. Uh-oh, what was it? She said, you should always use the KISS method. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> yeah, so keeping it simple, we're going to log off. Yeah. Thanks listening. See you next week. Ta-da. Adios, muchachos. <laughs> that sounds funny. TSF at thatsoundsfunny.com. That sounds funny.